Though I'm an employee of Ronald Blue Trust, Talking Money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program. During the program, I may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization. Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested. Good morning and welcome to Talking Money. So this is a little different uh, situation for me today. We're doing this virtual thing like you've seen most of the people on TV. They're all broadcasting from their kitchen. Saw somebody broadcasting from their uh, their shower and trying to get everybody to sing in their shower. I think Josh Groban or somebody was doing something like that. So I'm in my living room. So I do have my noise-canceling headset on. So if something's going on around me that is making noise, I won't hear it. You might hear something in the microphone, but I won't hear it. So, But I'm glad to be with you. We're not uh, recording. We're not uh, broadcasting live today because it's Easter weekend. So I'm broadcasting, I'm recording this ahead of time so we can have the weekend. Uh, Of course, we've been spending a lot of time with the family, but uh, for this special Easter weekend, we think it's uh, important to do that. So Alan Cox, uh, CPA, is going to join me in just a few minutes to talk about the new CARES Act that everybody has questions about. We're going to key on some provisions that I think are more important for uh, retirees with the IRAs, and distributions, required minimum distributions, and with the uh, some of the changes with the contributions and things like that. So we want to key on some of those. We'll hit some others if we have time, but I certainly want to make sure we cover those. But before we get that, if you're a new listener to Talking Money, so I welcome you to the program and also remind you that uh, that this is not a sales program. You'll be glad to hear that. So I, I think virtually all, if not all, the other uh, programs or shows about money there's a hidden agenda there. They don't tell you they're trying to sell something, but they're trying to sell something. I'm not trying to sell you a thing. So this, I'm here to provide information. And, of course, we have a service we provide uh, through Ronald Blue Trust, but uh, similar to what we did at, at Plan First without the, the trust uh, part of it. Now we have the trust part added to that. Uh, but, and, sure, we have that service, but my, my goal and has been for these 13-plus years that I've been on Talking Money that we want to provide information to you so you can make good wise money decisions and and hopefully even maybe more importantly help keep you from making the the wrong kind of decision but before we get started on that i want to share with you a a um, piece that was written a letter that was written uh, by our ceo nick stone street and he's been on talking money a number of times uh, over the last year and a half or so and we've always enjoyed hearing from Nick because his uh, wife grew up in Traveler's Rest, so he's uh, kind of a local boy. So he gets to come uh, by this area more often and love to get him on talking money whenever he's in town. But he's our CEO of Ronald Blue Trust and Thrivent Trust. And he wrote this piece about history, about uh, Easter, that I think is, is very good. And I, and I would challenge you to find another CEO of a national trust company or even national financial planning company that would not only... Uh, believe what I'm about to read you, but is eager and willing to share that with other people. So anyway, this was written to him. It's entitled, Look Up, the Victory is Won. 
written April the 8th. As you know, the last few weeks have brought new challenges for all of us as the world combats coronavirus COVID-19. Our lives are out of the ordinary as we struggle with social distancing, working remotely, or for some, finding another job. Most of us have lived through a national or global crisis of some kind, such as 9-11, the Cuban Missile Crisis, or perhaps even World War II. But that doesn't necessarily make these events less faith-building or surreal. Understandably, these times can be difficult and even frightening. Even in the midst of uncertainty, we mustn't forget that our lives are about more than our current circumstances. This Sunday is Easter, when we celebrate Jesus' resurrection and his victory over sin and death itself. How appropriate that we are reminded of this triumph during a global pandemic, when many cherished lives have been lost. As we go through times of trials and tribulations, we go to the cross. In doing so, we are laying our burdens at Jesus' feet and looking up to him instead of the overwhelming situation around us. When we look to Jesus, we see that he urges us to respond by praying and trusting in him. Philippians 4, 6 tells us, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. My prayer for each of you is the same that Paul prayed for the people of Colossae in Colossians 1, 9-14. God, to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you might have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This passage has many takeaways for us. Number one, a charge for us to love one another. Bear fruit in every good work. During this time, the needs around us are great. How can we serve each other with compassion and devotion? Do you have elderly neighbors who need help getting groceries? Do you know of a person or family that is impacted financially due to job layoffs? What about children who depend on free or reduced lunches provided by their schools? Obeying social distancing or shelter-in-place mandates requires us to be creative in how we serve one another. But I encourage you to look for opportunities in your local community. I continue to be amazed by the stories our advisors share of the incredible ways our clients are blessing others through these circumstances we are all facing together. Number two, encouragement to be strengthened so that we may have great endurance and patience. No one knows how long this period of isolation will last, but staying close to God can help us to have a peace that surpasses all understanding, Philippians 4, 7. By placing our hope in him, we can endure any trials that come our way. And then lastly, three, instructions to give joyful thanks to the Father. Although our lives have changed, there are always reasons to be thankful. We have many blessings to be thankful for, our families, our homes, and our freedom. In the case of COVID-19, we can be thankful for the many patients who have recovered, the advances that are being made to combat the virus, and the countless healthcare professionals who are working tirelessly to care for the sick. As we approach Easter Sunday, look up and see the cross. Remember that uncertainty is certain. Christ warned us that we will have trouble. After this crisis is over, we will face a different one. Though we can't fully grasp all the forces that are at work in the, in the world today, we can be sure of this. We can confidently look up and walk in faith, because the Lord of Lords is with us. The victory has already been won. 
So I thought that was a, a real appropriate um, letter to read, especially since it came from our uh, CEO, Nick Stone Street. I know, Alan, uh, you have uh, seen that before. So Alan uh, Cox joins me. We're, we're just about time for our, our break. Uh, but Alan, welcome back to Talking Money. Glad to have you with us, even though you're remotely from, well, I guess you managed to get to the office. Yes, thank you, Mike. I did make it into the office today. Uh, as a trust company, we are an essential service. So there's a few of us in here taking care of uh, some of the things that we just have to. So uh, working about 90% out of the out of the house remotely, but um, in today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we are doing the same thing, of course, as a branch of the trust company. We are keeping open. We still have clients dropping by with checks or with paperwork and things like that. So we want to make sure everybody knows that we're available to serve them. Uh, we we have a limited staff in the office, but we do our we are um, manned it well with men and women, and we're we're there ready to serve our clients in this in this time. We want to make sure people know that um, that we are there as an essential service, as you said. But it's a little different uh, talking to you by phone. We're used to having you in the studio with me, and it's a little different not having you face to face. And I know you miss coming to Greenville, but you couldn't come this weekend, even if we could uh, plan it, since they I guess they wouldn't let you in. Yeah, they probably wouldn't let me across the state line. That's that's correct. But yeah, uh, no yeah I I really miss uh, taking the tour, and so I'll take a I'll have to take a rain check uh, after the uh, broadcast and save that uh, for another trip. Oh, absolutely. So as I said earlier, we are recording this ahead of time. This is one of the few times that we record. I like to be live in the studio so I can answer your questions by phone. So not giving the phone number out today because uh, I couldn't uh, take your question if you did call. So don't try to call in the studio today because we won't be there. But you can always go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com, TalkingMoneyRadio.com, and you can submit a question there. You go to the page that says uh, Radio Show, and on that page there's a ask, ask Mike a question or submit a question. You can just click on that and ask a question, and we'll get to that at a future show. But we're going to try to cover this uh, coronavirus the official, the official name of the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, or the CARES Act. So uh, just happy to have Alan Cox, CPA, that's the uh, head of estate and trust planning at Ronald Blue Trust in Atlanta. Glad to have him joining me by phone. We'll be back with uh, our coverage of the CARES Act in just a few minutes. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust has four distinct divisions that work with clients across the wealth spectrum, private wealth, Everyday Steward, Family Office, and the Professional Athlete Division. The company's largest division, Private Wealth, is designed to provide financial guidance for clients with an investable net worth of $1 million or higher. Private Wealth Advisors can provide advice in many areas, including managing cash flow, growing assets while decreasing debt, overseeing investment portfolios, developing tax-efficient estate and strategic giving plans, and utilizing trust services if needed, all with the big picture in view. The Private Wealth Division has 14 branch offices across the United States, including Greenville. For more information on Ronald Blue Trust branch offices and the advisors serving there, please visit www.ronblue.com. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Mike Miller, your host for today. My special guest, Alan Cox, the CPA and head of the estate and slash trust planning department there at Ronald Blue Trust in Atlanta. 
And this CARES Act has come out uh, just recently, of course. Most people are aware of it. There are some provisions, I think, that have not been discussed as much on the national media. Everybody's heard about the rebates and, and the, the extra amount that people are getting in their, in their unemployment checks and those kind of things. Uh, those, I think, have been covered pretty well. But some of these other provisions, especially as it relates to uh, retirement plans and IRAs and so forth, have, have not been talked about as much. And I think that's what talking money is for, is to talk about those kinds of things. Uh, and Alan, you've written several pieces, or your team certainly has written. I assume you've written some of these pieces on the CARES Act. And so we just want to pick your brain for a little bit and see if we can have some planning ideas at the same time. So let's start with the IRAs. And I think one of the biggest provisions in this is that uh, waiver of the uh, RMD, required minimum distribution. Let's talk about that. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the prior to um, this year, in 2019, the SECURE Act came out, and it changed the required minimum distribution day from 70.5 to 72. And so those individuals that did turn 70.5 in 2019 were required to take a minimum distribution in 2019, although if that was their first year of just turning 70.5, they could take that out April 1 of this year. That's the first thing that the CARES Act did, is it waived that requirement to take that first required minimum distribution if you happen to defer that uh, in the case that I just just mentioned. So what if happens you if somebody were, didn't defer it? What, Alan, what if they didn't defer it? So they, they said, okay, I already took mine. Is there any hope for them? Can they, any chance they can get that one back out? Or are they, they done? They only qualifies if you delayed it till the April 1st deadline that you only have the first year you have to take it RMD. That, that is, that is correct. If you, if you took the 2019 distribution turning 70 and a half, didn't defer it, there's nothing you can do. The only thing is that you don't have to take your 2020 distribution. That is totally, completely waived. Uh, it's not suspended. The, the key term is it's waived. In other words, it, you just just go right past it. Um, it's as if, if you made it and you didn't make it, you don't have to make it. It's waived. Now, if you did take a distribution in 2020, and let's say you took that within 60 days, you have the ability to put that back in. But it's only if you made that one-time distribution in 2020. So I, I get this question a lot. Okay, we had an individual who was set up to take monthly distributions, their RMDs, monthly beginning January. So they took January, February, March. And can they roll those back in under the 60-day rollover plan? The answer is they can only do one of those. So they yes, have you're to limited, take yeah, – right. yeah, you're limited to one rollover uh, per year, 60-day rollover. And so that, that didn't change with the CARE Act. What changed is the requirement to take that minimum distribution. Now, another thing that has, has come up in the questioning is if you are required to take minimum distributions under an inherited IRA, 
Now, if you're required to take those in an inherited IRA, let's say it happened like in my case, where my my mom passed in 2019, so her required minimum distribution was not taken out before she died in October. So I had to rush around and get that minimum distribution taken out before the end of the year. Right. Um, and the question has come up, so it, what if I didn't take that distribution in 2019? Do I still have to take it in 2020? And the answer is yes. You're probably you're going to be lucky if you don't get penalized for right. not taking that because you should have taken that in 2019. Only the owner, the IRA owner, has the opportunity to defer the first year of the RMD. An inherited IRA is not the same. They fall under different rules, and you were required to take any any RMD that the decedent had not taken, and then you have to take your RMDs along the schedule. Now, for my for my mother situation, the 2020 RMD that's waived. I don't have to take that. So when I went to the bank and I told them, "Hey, put this over in my name," they said, "Well, do you want what date do you want to take the RMD?" And I said, "Well, I'll let you know in December." Well. I'm going to let them know I don't have to take it. <laughs> I'm, so the inherited, I'm, the inherited, once it got to inherited IRA, you're under the same rule. You don't have to take that. Your required minimum distribution is waived for 2020. That's correct. All okay. required minimum distributions are waived for 2020. So your required minimum distribution, if you turn 70 and a half before or you're turning 72 this year, I'm glad they simplified that under the CARES Act. It was always yeah. hard to get up to that 70 and a half. But those 2020 mandatory distributions are waived. So if someone, if someone that we talked about, uh, if somebody delayed their first year distribution, and it's the only, the only people who can do that are those who had their, turned 70 and a half last year and had their very first distribution come April 1st. So they, uh, or if they, if they did the the uh, monthlies that you mentioned, so I'm getting my required minimum distribution. I started in January, and I can only take one of those out. So I can I can go back 60 days, but I can only do one. And, and I think it's important for people to remember it's because I think it gets confusing sometimes when we say once a year. People automatically think that's once every calendar year when it's really just it's once every 12 months, right, Alan? Yes. Yeah. Right. So that's important to remember. So, but but if you if you can at least stop if you don't need the money for this year, you can at least stop any future distributions, and the rest of that won't be showing up as as taxable income for you. Correct. Which is good. Yeah, that's good. So, what about right. uh, when I was thinking about this, uh, even for our own clients, and thinking about those who are doing regular qualified charitable distributions. So that's something that is still. Age 70 and a half is the limit that. That didn't get changed to 72, as you and I talked about when we covered the SECURE Act back uh, whenever that was, a few a few months back. And, and by the way, just as a reminder to listeners, you can go back to TalkingMoneyRadio.com. If you missed the, the show where we, Alan and I talked about the SECURE Act, then you can go to the archives and put in SECURE Act, and it should come right up, and you'll be able to listen to that show and get caught up to speed on that one as well with all the changes that happen with the SECURE Act. 
But with other clients, you say, well, I don't need the money, but I'm, I'm making uh, monthly or quarterly distributions from my IRA as a qualified charitable distribution. Uh, in that case, I would think uh, many of them should continue to do that because that's still a tax-efficient way to pull money out of that IRA, and it's going to make your balance lower December 31st, 2020, so that when you have to make your required minimum distribution in 2021, it won't be as large, theoretically, because you, you took out that, that money this year to do the qualified charitable distribution. So there's some reasons to, if you need the money or if you want to continue doing the qualified charitable distributions, that that may be a reason to keep on doing it. Does that make sense, Alan? Uh, we didn't talk about that ahead of time, but... Yeah, it says, just, just bear in mind that you're not required to take the distribution. So right, this is, right. it, it's a, it's, it, but as you mentioned, Mike, it's an opportunity for you to reduce the total value of your IRA that's going to come into play next year when you calculate the required minimum distribution. And so if your goal is to ultimately, uh, reduce your taxable income by the amount included in your from that IRA then yes go ahead and continue doing your giving and it also may be that that you're in a situation that you're not able to take advantage of the itemized deduction uh for your charitable distributions and we haven't talked about this yet but the the right. there is a little bit of difference of, of a percentage allowed if you are able to itemize your, your charitable deduction. But the whole advantage of doing the QCD is the fact that it's, it's above the line and it's not, uh, it doesn't fall into your uh, itemized deductions. Yes, if you're giving money anyway, I mean, don't, I, I would not recommend and having someone stop the IRA distribution and stop the qualified charitable distribution and start making those gifts just from regular cash just because you don't have to take it out of the IRA. I would still maintain that as a, a good tax planning strategy to take that money out of the IRA to, to make sure that you uh, make it the most tax efficient way possible, which is going to be from that IRA. So that, that just makes sense. Okay, Alan, we're going to take a break here in just a, a few seconds, but uh, we'll be continuing the conversation about how you might be able to take out more money without a penalty from a 401k, I guess, or an IRA, and, and what uh, are the requirements for that. We certainly want to make that uh, make you aware of those kinds of things. So thanks for listening to Talking Money. We'll be back with the second half of Talking Money in just a few minutes. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. I am pleased to have Ronald Blue Trust as the sponsor of Talking Money. As a trust company with clients in all 50 states, Ronald Blue Trust can serve as trustee, backup trustee, or even personal representative, what we used to call the executor or executrix. This can be a valuable service, especially if you'd like to pass on your values and not just your valuables to your heirs. Your heirs will probably have one of two perspectives. Either they will say something like, what am I going to inherit, which is usually the common perspective, or they will ask, what is going to be entrusted to me? What talents will I be responsible to manage? Tim Kimmel, Director of Family Matters, said it well, quote, you can't leave character to your trust account. You can't write your values into the will. 
You can't bank traits like courage, honesty, and compassion in a safe deposit box. What we need is a plan, a long-term strategy to convey our convictions to the next generation, unquote. Estate and trust planning are about much more than saving taxes or simply making sure your assets get transferred efficiently to your children. You can find out more about Ron Blue Trust at ronblue.com, send an email to greenville at ronblue.com, or call the Greenville office at 864-233-7405 or 1-800-588-PLAN. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. And you're listening to Mike Miller. This is Talking Money. So glad you joined us today. Hope you're getting some valuable information here about the CARES Act, the recently uh, passed uh, act that is giving a bunch of money away. And Alan Cox is with me today, a CPA and head of the estate trust planning de- de- department at Ronald Blue Trust. I've gotten to know and respect Alan a lot for his years of experience and the skills he brings to his particular uh, job and uh, I thought it was interesting, Alan. So the even some of the pieces we have that we've put out talk about the two trillion dollars that this bill is uh, giving away and or, or loans are giving away and so forth, and it's actually two point two trillion dollars. And it's like all of a sudden now two two hundred billion dollars is not a big deal anymore. It's like a rounding error and like two hundred billion dollars. That's still a lot of money. So a lot of money is going into this. And uh, we want to make sure, I guess, everybody takes advantage of it. We've done some webinars to help business owners and other individuals how to navigate through this. But we're talking about mainly about the estate planning, the uh, retirement planning part of it. And we've already covered the, the waiver of the required minimum distributions for this year. So if you missed that, if you missed the first part of this show and you want to make sure you get that, go to Talking Money Radio, all one word, I'll push it all together, TalkingMoneyRadio.com, and click on the radio show icon there, and that'll take you to that section that has all these all these uh, radio shows on it. We'll probably post this one by Wednesday or so of next week, and you'll be able to listen to your heart's content on those uh, podcasts. Okay, so the the next thing we want to talk about, Alan, is uh, there's some provisions now with some distributions that people can make uh, that uh, would waive the early withdrawal penalty. Talk about that with us. Yeah, so one of the provisions uh, of an IRA is if you withdrew that after you placed it into the IRA and you did that before turning 59 and a half, there was a 10% penalty on the amount. Uh, that is what has been waived. That 10% penalty has been waived. Uh, also, if you're taking funds out of a 401k, a, an employer plan, there's typically a mandatory income tax withholding, and that has been waived as well. So those are, those are two provisions related to, to outright distributions, uh, that have be helpful for those people that fall within that age category. How much can you how much can you take out? There's a limit on that, I think. And then and what are are there certain requirements you have to qualify for? I think they're pretty broad, but to to qualify for waiving that ten percent penalty, you still have to pay, you'll still have to pay the income tax, right? Just waive the penalty. Yes. So it's it's a person that either was diagnosed with the COVID nineteen or a spouse if they're married with the COVID-19, 
or, and this is the more broad definition or exemption, is a person who experienced adverse financial consequences as a result of being quarantined, furloughed, laid off, having work hours reduced or unable to work due to childcare, school closing, or reduced hours of business or other factors determined by the secretary. Well, Matt, that, that last determined by the secretary, <laughs> what that means is we have got some IRS regulations or Treasury notices that are going to come out and further define that. But that last phrase there is what probably impacts almost every family that has has children because almost every school that I know has shut down. And sure. so that requires one of the spouses to have to go home uh, in order to care for the child or watch over those children. Uh, either the daycare or the school has closed. So it, it's kind of a liberal there that you're able to, to do that. So um, hopefully that that is of uh, a value there uh, yeah, for somebody. The, the, the sure. kind of the addition... Uh, I, I think you you mentioned is there a limit? Yes, it, uh, it's up to a hundred thousand. Um, and then in addition to that, there is a loan of up to a hundred thousand. You can also also bring out um, as you as you recall, there is a uh, loan exception in place in the law that was was pretty hard to hard to meet. And so um, now they they liberalize that to where you can take a, a loan provision out of uh, of the IRA or the retirement plan. Okay, I hadn't seen that anywhere. So you can actually take a loan out of it. So how does that how would that work? Paying it back and so forth. I mean, if you take a loan, you don't have to pay taxes on it because it's a loan. Yes, that's correct. It is a loan. Uh-huh. And then how how long would you have to pay it back? To make sure um, it didn't hit. Well, you you I, I there's not an actual uh, period of payback mentioned. Hmm, uh, okay, it's just that the payments can be delayed for up to a year, so you don't have to make any yeah, payments okay. back to that. Okay. And I'm assuming that the custodian is is again the custodian is left to probably. Uh, put the provisions of the of the loan in place. Yeah, I see something here that says uh, distribution may be repaid to an eligible retirement plan within a three year period, and that's the same that's the same time limit they give you on paying the income tax. So you'd have uh, instead of having to pay all the income, so you take out a hundred thousand dollars at once. You don't have to include all hundred thousand in your taxable income that year. You can like actually spread that out over it looks like uh, three calendar years. If I'm reading that right. Yes, that's right. Yes, you do. You do have a three-year period to to pay that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if it, it whereas hundred thousand may would almost assuredly put you in a higher marginal tax bracket. You know, putting in uh, thirty-three thousand, if that's if you took out the full one hundred, which I would strongly encourage you not to do unless you just really needed the money, because that that means all the deferral for that IRA is going to be gone. If you're only forty years old and you take out a hundred thousand, that's a lot of money that would be essentially not in your retirement plan later on if you if you um, took it out now. It's just like uh, a lot of other people do with retirement plans. They do, oh, I'm going to take this money out. I've got a hardship withdrawal or I've got whatever, and then they don't think about 
what kind of impact I might have down down the road with him. So yeah, be careful and, and certainly always, as we like to remind everybody, is to check with your own tax advisor on any of these things to see how it's going to impact you. We're giving you some general information, but you certainly want to check with your own advisor to know for sure what how it's going to apply to you. Okay, so um, another uh, few shorter provisions I think we can cover fairly quickly before the break. Uh, how about the healthcare-related provisions with health savings accounts and the uh, flexible spending accounts and things like that? There's some uh, advantages of some waivers they've done there or delays they've done there too, right? Uh, yes, actually, on the health savings account, uh, they've kind of opened that up to where um, you could buy over-the-counter medications. Before, it was limited to where you could just just had to have prescription drugs uh, for the plan. So they've opened that up to have over-the-counter med- medication. Yeah, um, I saw that. Also- I wondered... Did it have to apply with any over-the-counter? It didn't say what I read. It didn't say it had to be a coronavirus-related type medicine. It just it just said over-the-counter medications. Is that going to be that broad? Uh, again, we're <laughs> kind of looking for for treasury guidance, but it, it yeah, does okay. appear that that uh, it's going to be opened up uh, to 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 over-the-counter. And and there was one one place that I. I read that uh, the qualified medical expenses that were broadened even went as far to mention uh, menstrual care products uh, that could be covered. So I think it pretty well broadens it up uh, anytime you go to the drugstore except for, you know, buying the Easter candy there. Okay. So last thing, last thing before the break. So just uh, real quickly, the tax filing deadline for IRAs, HSA, that's been extended. Uh, just uh, fill us in on that a little bit before we go to the break. Yeah. So uh, everyone's probably aware of the extended data to, to file and to pay your income tax, um, and typically to fund your IRA account, you make contributions tax deductible or non deductible IRA contributions was also April 15th, and that's been pushed back to July 15th as well. Yeah, so you can make your 2019 contributions all the way up to July 15th. I didn't see any place, any place mentioned the 529, which usually you can also make that contribution up until the tax filing deadline. Do you assume that that's been continued or don't take that chance? I, I wouldn't take that chance on that. Um, that's not something that I've run across. Yeah, I've not seen anything about that. But they, extending everything else, they say, well, why not extend that? That that's not a huge deal for people. I mean, in South Carolina, we do get a South Carolina income tax deduction if we make that contribution, and we can do that up to the tax filing deadline for the previous year. But uh, but it's still there again, not a, a big tax thing. The other ones are affecting your federal taxes, which is where most people have their their taxes due. Okay, Alan, so we're going to take our last break. When we come back, we're going to talk some about the changes that have been made in the charitable contribution side and maybe even talk about a few other charitable contribution techniques if we have time. So uh, unfortunately, once again, to remind you, we're not taking calls today, so don't try to call the studio and ask a question. If you want to ask a question, go to Talking Money Radio, talkingmoneyradio.com, and go to the um, 
section that talks about the radio, it mentions the radio show, and there's a place there for you to submit your question. So we'll be back with the last part of Talking Money in just a couple of minutes. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust is a company with a vision to see individuals and families practicing biblical stewardship and experiencing freedom from economic fear, bondage, and conflict. They want their clients and their families to enjoy debt-free living, free to answer the call to ministry or whatever their passion is, feeling at peace with their investments and the way they are being professionally managed to help accomplish their financial objectives so they can focus on other aspects of their lives and help clients make wise financial decisions, live generously, and leave a lasting legacy. As a trust company, Ronald Blue Trust Advisors come alongside the next generation to help transfer your values and help you leave your lasting legacy. If you're a business owner, the Business Consulting Division can help you define your company's culture and, very importantly, then help convey that culture to the next generation of leaders in your company. Find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com, send an email to greenville at ronblue.com, or call the Greenville office at 864-233-7405 or 1-800-588-7526. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to you, Talking Money. We usually have about 10 minutes left in the, in the program at this, at this point in time. Not being in the studio, I'm a little bit uh, at a loss to keep track. Angela's been keeping me track uh, by phone and texting me how many minutes we have left and keep track uh, of the schedule. But we have, we have uh, in the few minutes we have left, we want to talk some about the, the charitable changes, the charitable deductions that have been made. And uh, so Alan Cox, a CPA with me, uh, head of the, the Trust and State uh, Planning Division at uh, Ronald Blue Trust. And been, how long have you been there, Alan? You've been there like uh, 600 years or something, right? <laughs> 20, uh, 28 <laughs> years. <laughs> okay, 28 years. Okay, so, uh, but a lot of great experience. And so it's nice to have that as in, in my quiver, uh, to have uh, your kind of talent, expertise, and experience uh, that we can rely on whenever we have uh, client situations that certainly would call for that. So it's, it's uh, nice to be part of that team. So we're talking about the CARES Act, and we talked a lot already about the retirement planning, IRA-type uh, distributions or uh, changes and waivers and so forth. So there again, just a reminder, TalkingMoneyRadio.com. If you missed that, we'll post this probably Wednesday or so so that uh, you can read or listen to it again and make sure you're up to speed on what you can and cannot do when it comes to IRA distributions and the, the um, required minimum distributions and so forth. So in the last few minutes we have, let's talk about the charitable deduction. So there's been some changes, and some people that don't normally itemize might have a little bit of a break. So let's uh, cover that, Alan. Yeah, so uh, the, the first item is those that don't itemize, you know, as as the – the new act came in, it ex, uh, exceeded up the uh, standard deduction amount so that most people may not be able to itemize who were able to before, and so their charitable contributions are not able to uh, be taken advantage of as they had in the past. Well, now, uh, under this CARES Act, uh, you get above-the-line deduction, and I I say that that's similar to the way the QCD works. It's above-the-line charitable deduction of $300 uh, per taxpayer. Now, 
we've thrown out that question and have not got a clear answer uh, from anyone as to whether or not if you're filing a joint return, does that mean you get $600? We don't uh, know the answer to that. Okay. Um, I, read a, I read a piece the other day from an attorney um, who, who was explaining the change, and, he started, and then after he said the change, presumably, comma, this means, and I said, oh, you know what? It concerns me. Any time an attorney starts out the sentence with presumably, I said, in other words, I don't know that anybody is going to make a giving decision based upon whether or not it's 300 or 600. I think you're probably giving anyway. It just means that your CPA will know by the time you have to file your 2020 return whether or not that's 300 or 600 if you're a couple. And that is pretty nice. I mean, because uh, as you said, a vast majority of the people uh, can't itemize anymore. They're taking the standard deduction because the standard deduction got increased uh, to a level that it just is a way above what people are paying in their their SALT uh, taxes, their, their state and local income taxes, and their property taxes, and their, um, which is, or, or their contributions and so forth. So this is a little bit of a help, um, but still, I guess comparing that to somebody who has the ability to do a qualified charitable distribution from their IRA and reduce that expense, of, instead of taking $300 of, of regular money, still may be better to take it from the QCD. But for those who aren't, and a lot of people listening are younger than seven and a half and don't, can't uh, do a qualified charitable distribution anyway, the QCD. So this $300 helps a little bit, but you might as well take advantage of it while you can, right? Yes, and, and the only thing to, to bear in mind is that you, you have to make that charitable contribution in cash, cash. and it can't, it can't be to a donor-advised fund or a supporting organization. So the, the purpose of this provision in the CARES Act is to get that money out directly to charity. They don't want you, you know, bundling this up into a donor-advised fund and keeping it there forever. They want this to go directly out to a public charity that is actually benefiting those most in need at this, at this particular time. Yeah, many of them are struggling. I know I've talked about Miracle Hill, a local ministry here in town that I'm on the board of, and how uh, them, like other, they like other uh, ministries like that, are struggling. People just aren't giving as much. So this is that's it was a great incentive, I think, to to give more to those kind of ministries because obviously it takes some of the burden off the the government as well because these private charities are are helping do some of that that job for them. So that's great that, that they can help do that. So what, what about the limits? So for some of those who are, are more major givers, there's some changes there but how much they can deduct uh, even in the current year. So why don't you describe some of that for us? Yes. Um, it, 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 it's great that they made this available for, for this year where they uh, totally took away the limitation that you have if you itemize uh, if, if you're giving at a significant level, uh, your 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 cash contributions were limited to 50% of your adjusted gross income. Now that limit is gone. Um, they did they did limit that at one time up to up to 60 for your cash, but now that's totally lifted. 
So in other words, you could actually give and directly reduce all your taxable income. So let's say you had a significant event, a business owner, you you were able to close your business uh, by the end of January of this year, you, you, you have a significant amount of income that came in as a result of it, and you just feel like you, you want to bless, again, a public charity, not a donor-advised fund, not a public support organization that you, you established or a private foundation. It goes directly out to that public charity. You can offset your uh, taxable income dollar for dollar. Let's say you, you have a million dollars of income as a result of that transaction, and you, you give a million dollars to charity, boom, you have you reduced your taxable income down to zero. Yeah, of course, that's that's not necessarily taking advantage of some of those lower tax brackets. It, it, it may be good to, to spread, that, spread that out a little bit, but uh, it certainly would be a, a great opportunity for somebody who, who wants to, to give that kind of money. And, and what about your church? I know you said uh, it's uh, uh, public charities. Would your, your church qualify for that? Yes, yes, churches would qualify. It specifically carves out donor-advised funds and supporting organizations. So the, the, the law is really specific. Uh, it, it, so there's not, a, you know, there's not people out there going, I wonder what they really meant about this. It's more the commentary I'm getting back is saying, I wonder why they did that. Well, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> they want this money to go directly out to benefit those that are doing the work and the churches uh, around at least this area are doing a phenomenal job. The churches here are just rallying around. They're providing support groups. They're uh, making available meals to, to schools that normally would provide those. So you, your church is a great charity that qualifies for that public charity. So we just have a couple minutes left. Uh, what about the corporations? Uh, understand they increase the limit on deductible corporate uh, charitable gifts as well, so that somebody who may own a, a corporation may want to give some through their corporation instead of individually. Uh, what's What was the change there? Yes. If you were what's considered a C corporation, not a pass-through S corporation LLC partnership, so you were taxed as a regular corporation, a C corporation, your limit was, the prior law was 10%. Uh, now it's it's increased to 25%. Okay, that's great information, Alan. So we, we're that music means we're down to a minute to, of time to, to get off the air. But, but Alan Cox, uh, thank you once again for joining me here on Talking Money and sharing some of your wisdom and getting us up to speed on this, uh, on this CARE Act. If you've got more questions for us at the office here in Greenville, it's 800-588-7526. 800-588-7526. We're going to Talking Money Radio. Dot com if you want to submit a question or just to get some more information and listen to some of the other shows. We, we, thanks for listening today. We'll talk to you next week for the next Talking Money. <laughs>